you're listening to Connection Church's podcast. Good morning, Connection. How y'all doing? That's awesome. That is totally awesome. Uh, Sam definitely has the voice of a lion, for sure. She's awesome, outgoing, just a loving heart, as all our servers serve a purpose here. Like I say, some are, some are lambs, some are lions, but hey, God's got a plan, and God's got a purpose for you here in serving. He sure does. He does. And uh, hey, I got some, I want to do some shout outs to Jesus and praises this morning. Uh, it's my wife's birthday today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She is, I'm kidding, I ain't going to tell y'all how old she is. I got to live with her, so I ain't going to do that. But uh, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you out to eat after service and let you get anything you want at Checkers. So we'll be all right. No, I'm truly the most blessed man in the world. God's good, ain't he, honey? He sure is. Glad you're here another year. Sure is. Sure is. Uh, I'm going to give another shout out. We're in the win series. And what we do, uh, we have a meeting every morning before we start our day. It's called our huddle. We get together and and we talk about what we're going to be doing that day. Uh, Each pastor, each one that serves here, each one that works here, volunteers or whatever, we all get together and kind of go through our day just to kind of wrap our minds and our hearts around what's going on and we pray about it. And um, one thing that we do too every morning is uh, we ask about a life change and, and we consider those wins. You know, when, when you're in ministry, you, we get attacked by so much from the devil that, that we just make it a point that when we hear a praise, when we hear something good, we want to share it with each other. I want to share with y'all um, about a little over a year ago, a mother called me and she asked me, she said, can you help my son? And I asked her, I said, well, what, tell me, what, what's going on with your son? And she told me he was into drugs and, and uh, he, he, was just, he just wasn't living his life right. He was drinking and things like that. And, and I told her, I said, I don't know if I can help, but I know who can help. And his name is Jesus Christ. This young man got arrested. Um, God provided an opportunity for me to get, in, get into the jail and I got to visit with him, and, and we started talking. We talked about some things going on in his life. We, we talked about the mistakes he made, and, uh, and I just got to share Christ with him. And this young man now, and y'all, this is because of God. This is how good God is, and this is why it's so important that we evangelize. Is He now has a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is in a, in a ministry now. He, he went to New Beginnings in Christ. That's a ministry that we partner with. It's an alcohol and, and, and Christian alcohol and drug rehab facility up in Garfield, Georgia. And he's been sober for a little over a year now. He's sharing the word. He's done the program. He's still got, he's still got a long way to go with some things. But I just want to give a shout out to him. I, I'm proud of him and I'm proud for what God's doing in his life. And it's by like Sam said earlier, it's by y'all's giving and, and serving and things like that and willing to share is, is what helps us to be the church that God wants us to be. And I just praise God for that. Because we believe a healthy church here at Connection, it, it, has, it has four cultures. They are evangelism, which we're going to talk about today. It's serving, 
We saw the video and, and Brandon's preached on that. Joey preached on community, our connect groups, how important that is, and also generosity. It, it takes all those. We believe that those four cultures intertwine. Yes, we can, we can separate them out if we want to, but, but I don't feel we really can. If you're being generous, that's a form of evangelism. If you're serving, that's the way that you're being generous and you're evangelizing. Do y'all get what I'm saying? How they, how they all intertwine and roll together. And that's the, that's the vision that God's put in our heart. And, and we want to use that in, in, our four, in our four areas of ministry here. We, we use it from, from the stage here, from the pulpit, through our worship services. That's one. We do it through connection kids. Man, your kids are getting prayed over. They are, they, they're having uh, Jesus put on a level that they can understand. Um, our youth, 212 and Doc. So we are just, y'all, we got, God is doing some amazing things through our kids here at Connection. And we should praise him for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for that. Just grabbing those little ones and, and, and running with it. Um, also, our Connect groups. Our Connect groups is where we live life together. And Joe, we preached on this last week. It's that community. It's, it's how we sharp, iron sharpens iron. As one, one man sharpens another, you know, through that. It's how, how we live life together, and it's so vital in us building each other up with the encouragement so that we can go out and share and to evangelize. And it's also how we do our missions and outreach. All these things intertwine. All these things come together because our mission here is to see people grow in a relationship with Christ. That's what we feel God has told Brandon to do. And that's our vision, and we do this through our mission, which is we feel our mission is that God wants us to reach 10,000 people with the gospel of Christ with 80% serving in connect group and giving generously. That's what our mission is. That's what our mission, and we do it through these four cultures. Man, who would have thought when God told Brandon to start a church that connection would be where it's at today? That's a praise. That's a praise. He's done it in a short time, but... But, ever so important, we got, a, we got a long way to go. We still got breath in our bodies. We, we, we got some work to do. We got some work to do. And this morning, I'm going to be preaching on evangelism, and I'm going to challenge y'all. Y'all, this isn't an easy, this isn't an easy me message to preach. And I'll tell you why, because um, you'll, you may think that, well, I got to do this to be a better Christian. Evangelizing has got nothing to do with being a better Christian. It's got all to do with being obedient to what God is calling us to do. And let's remember that. I'm going to read our scripture this morning. It's going to be Matthew. We're going to have several scriptures. We're going to have a couple from Matthew. We'll get into Acts. Um, it's Matthew 28. It's verses 16 through 20. If you've been church, you know it is the Great Commission. And uh, it's been preached many, many, many times. And uh, I'm not trying to come up with something new because there's nothing new to come up with. It's, it's just exactly what Jesus is telling us and wants for us and wants for us to do. He's involving us in his plan, his plan. He came to this earth, gave up a throne in heaven to wear a sinner's crown of thorns so that we could be with him in eternity. And he gives us as people a part in that to be a part to tell people his story. That's what evangelism is. It's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through the word and through our testimony. 
as in Revelations it says, we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's oh so important. It's oh so important. So I'm going to read it, then we'll pray and we'll get going. This is uh, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you and behold, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for the awesome Savior and God that you are. Dear God, I'm just asking you now just to let the Spirit engulf this place, dear Lord. Let it come. Let it come. Let our hearts be receptive to it, dear Father. Show us what we need to change in our lives, dear Lord. Convict us of what needs to be changed, dear Lord. Let us do it willingly. Dear God, we thank you. Give us the boldness this morning. Give me the boldness to preach what you would have me say, dear Lord. Be with each and every one of us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a friend. His name's Bubba. Now, y'all know generally when you say somebody's name is Bubba, y'all know what's coming next, right? And this, uh, his name really is Bubba, and this is a true story. When Bubba was younger, Bubba was, he was a big guy. He, he was well-built. He was an all-state linebacker. Bubba was pretty tough. Bubba was pretty tough. No, Bubba was real tough. Bubba went to the carnival. They went to the fair, him and his friends. And uh, as they were walking through, they saw this, you know, those, uh, the, the carnival, they had those paintings, you know, and there was a guy had on boxing gloves. And right next to him was a little monkey. And the monkey had on boxing gloves. And uh, it was boxing the monkey. And there was a guy standing outside. And he was asking for a volunteer. Who would like to fight the monkey? Anybody? Well, Bubba, being Bubba and being tough, Bubba said, I'll fight that monkey. So the guy said, are you sure? He said, yeah, I, I want to fight him. He said, well, it's $25. Here's the deal. It's $25. <clears throat> if you can stay three minutes, one round, in the, in the uh, arena with this monkey, you get $50. Everybody's like, woo-hoo, we fixing to win us some money. Bubba fixing to whip this monkey. We're going to ride some ride, get cotton candy, one of the big sausage dogs. Everything going to be great. <clears throat> well, before we went in, he handed him a sheet of paper. He said, you got to sign this, this disclaimer. He said, disclaimer, what's that? He goes, well, that's if the monkey hurts you and you have to go to the hospital or named you or anything like that. You cannot sue us or anything like that. He's going, what? Yeah, I'll sign that. Bubba signed it. Bubba ought to knew right then, y'all, that something just wasn't right about this thing. But Bubba goes in, <clears throat> and when he went in, the little monkey they had on the front on the painting was not the monkey they had in the arena. This is one of them orangutans, orangutans. Big old orange monkey, about 350, 400 pounds, sitting up on a shipping crate right in the middle of the arena. They had cyclone wire all around it, built up about 12 foot tall, and that monkey just sitting there eating a nanner. Just like that. They handed Bubba a motorcycle helmet. 
Bubba said, what, you, what is this? They said, well, if you're going to fight the monkey, you got to wear a motorcycle helmet because, you know, we don't want him to, to hurt you. He said, I'll tell you what you need to do. You better put the motorcycle helmet on the monkey because I'm fitting to kill him. It won't be long. They said, well, if you don't wear the helmet now, you can't fight the monkey. So Bubba put on the motorcycle helmet. One of them had the stars and stripes on it. looked like the American flag, you know. And Bubba kind of had a big head, so he was kind of puffing out his cheeks and all, you know, and stuff like that. So anyway, Bubba gets in the ring, and that monkey's just sitting there on that crate eating in there. That's like that. Y'all, they rang the bell. When they rang the bell, Bubba come running across the ring just like this. Looked like a night jousting with one of them big jousting sticks. He run up there, crow hop one time, and pow! He hit the monkey right square between the eye. Monkey went boom. Boom. The monkey sat up. Now, at the same time this went on, I mean, we were like, ooh, we done knocked the monkey out. It's going to be great. But the monkey got back up and sat up. Still holding his banana. So, at the same time, the guy that met us outside, he had a stick about this long. And he took that stick and he started going, rubbing it on that cyclone fence. Y'all, I reckon, the only thing I can figure is that how they trained this orangutan. That when he got poked with that stick, you know, when he was a little bitty orangutan, they picked on him and all that kind of stuff. But that's what was doing. He'd get mad because, y'all, that orangutan's eyes turned red. That joker went, <laughs> went to standing, standing up and carrying on. Bubba's eyes got big and he jumped up and got into the top of that cage and started swinging. <laughs> Just carrying on and carrying on. And he came down and pow, he slapped Bubba on that motorcycle helmet. Sounded like a big bongo drum going off. And the monkey got on his back and Bubba couldn't do nothing with him. And he just was on him and he was beating him and slapping him and just pounding him and pounding him. You can see the scars, just stuff coming off that motorcycle helmet and his shirt got all ripped up and the monkey jumped back off of him and got back there in the high and Bubba was like, oh boy. And that monkey just kept moving, kept moving. Let me tell y'all something, a orangutan, he can hit you not only with his arms and fists, he can hit you with his legs just like they were little big hands. Ball up. Bubba had four fists coming at him at all times. Well, Bubba, he couldn't take it no more. He thought to himself, if I run around this ring for a little bit, then I'm going to win this $50. So he started running. He started getting that monkey, swinging out. Just again. Finally, he figured he had been in there three minutes. He came around. He hollered at him. Open the gate, open the gate, open the gate. And he came around and he made it all the way back around, just fell all out there in the crowd. Bubba jumped up, done his arms just like this here. Just knowing he had been in there those three minutes and was fixing to win $50. Y'all, they looked at the time. Bubba had been in there 13 seconds. <laughs> I tell you all that story because that's kind of the way I felt the first few times I tried to evangelize, the first few times I tried to, to share the love of Christ. Somebody, any, any all, can any of y'all relate to Bubba when, you, when you've evangelized before? I mean, let's think about it. You get all fired up for Christ and you go out to evangelize, you spot somebody. So, oh yeah, that in there, that in there probably needs Jesus. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna talk to them about it. You know, they, they look like they do. They look like a sinner, right? So you start talking to them, you start evangelizing. You, you, you first thing you do, you, I got going, you know, get into a little sermonette about the existence of God. Start telling them about God. 
and all that kind of stuff. And then they just look at you and they go, I disagree. Well, you kind of <clears throat> clear your throat, you know, and you say, well, uh, it's, it's uh, not really about that. It's, it's about the originality of sin and how sin came in the world. And you go to tell them the story of Adam and Eve and things like that. And then, oh, you think you're starting to get their attention. So you start talking about imputed righteousness. I don't even know what that means, but you start talking about that and then you start, you start sharing with them because you want them to know that you're a Christian and, and how smart we are. You know, as Christians, we speak Christianese, right? We're smart. You start talking about justification. We start talking about sanctification. And then we talk about when you get to heaven, it's glorification, right? And you start doing this and, and the people just sitting there, you know, like that. Well, then you just share with them, you know, the Roman road. You know, just talk about how, you know, they all, you know, fall short of the glory of God and things like that. But then you want to get in tune with them. Because yet you're narrowing it down now. You know they're fixing to come to know Christ. That's what they're going to do. And so you, you start talking about what, what do you feel like this world, what, what's messy in this world? You know, things like that. And you start, you get, you open up your ear and you listen for them to give you some little nugget of some little sin in their life, see? Some little sin where you can start pulling it out and, Letting them know that that ain't the way God wants them to go and stuff like that. And then you go, are you ready? Are you ready for what? Are you ready to ask Jesus into your life? Nah, I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. So then you hand them a Bible track and you go, open the gate, open the gate, open the gate, right? That's how it happens. I know I, I've been beat up. <clears throat> I've been beat up trying to share the gospel, trying to share the gospel. So why don't we evangelize? First and foremost, I, I think that's what we do. We get discouraged. You know, we get discouraged because we get so excited when we find out who Jesus is, when we learn who he is, when he comes into our hearts, with the reality that he is the Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, we just get excited and we want to tell someone. But we kind of went in that thing. I didn't pray about it to start with. I didn't ask God to lead me to somebody. I just went in there you know, two guns blazing, and this is how it's going to be. And so we get doubt. We get doubt in our mind. Like it says in verse 17, when it says, and, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but they doubted. But some doubted. Some doubted. Y'all, even, even, the, even the best Christian is going to have doubt sometimes. I know I have. I'm, I'm sure you have doubt some things. But it's that as long as we don't live in a constant doubt, then I think that, you know, I know that, you know, God, God will bring us, bring us out of that. Because we doubt, who is Jesus really, you know, sometimes? You know, we doubt his authority. He says here, I mean, these guys have doubted and then Jesus came to them. What's, what's, what I love about Jesus is in verse 16, it said he directed him to go to the mountain. When we, um, when God directs us, directs our paths, and we're obedient to that, He's going to come meet us. He's going to come meet us. He promises that. He promises that, right? I mean, and he did. And he came to, and he meet them. They started worshiping him. Some of them, you know, they, they were doubted, doubting all that. But then he, he, he calls them. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's been given to him by God. Jesus is the ultimate authority, should be the ultimate authority in our life. When he then says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always. When Jesus is the authority, we know that, and when he asks us, when he commands us to do something, the answer can't, y'all listen, the answer can't be anything but yes. There's no other option. There's no other option, we as Christians, there is no other option that we can do <clears throat> that, would, that would make it okay. And Jesus says that I'm gonna be with you always to the end of the age. So he meets us where we're at, he has the authority, he gives us command, and then he's gonna be with us to help us see it through. Because listen, if you go out and try to evangelize on your own doing, you're going to get whipped up like Bubba did with that monkey. That's what that's what happened. That's what happened. So why don't we evangelize? Another reason. Is it um, pride? You know, as we doubt, you know, we are just talking about doubt, but um, as you continue to doubt, I've seen in my own personal life where as I doubted that to compensate for things, I, it, it kind of turned toward pride. It turns, it turns toward pride. Pride leads us to, uh, to not want to accept correction. You know, we, we, are few, we refuse to submit to authority, right? We will not obey God's word. We become, oh, here's one, we become super sensitive. You know anybody that's prideful? How super sensitive they are about any issue that you talk about. We tend to focus on ourselves and we, we, tend, we tend to make excuses for sin in our life and call it something else. Call it that it's not really sin, it's just, you know, it's okay because everybody else does it or, or God, does, does God really care about that? Yes, yes he does. Yes, yes he does. In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What a heart check. I'm asking you right now, start checking your heart on this verse because I'm telling y'all, if we get these verses right here now, y'all, and we learn to apply it to our lives and live it, evangelizing, serving, community, generosity, it all falls right into place. If we would just get what this verse means, the great commandment. We're talking about the great commission, but now this is the great commandment that'll help us fulfill it. But we say what? I'm too busy. I'm gonna tell y'all something. It's time, church. It's time, church, that we replace our busyness with the boldness that Jesus Christ has in store for us. When you became a Christian, he gave you the Holy Spirit. He gave you the Holy Spirit not for you to stay down and just come and stay in a seat on Sunday and be like that monkey eating a banana. No, he didn't. He gave it so you could come to be fed, so you could go out and make the disciples that he has called you to make. There is no option in this. It's time, church, that we quit just coming for us and being a social club and do the evangelistic work that Jesus Christ has called us to do. Because let me tell you something, every breath you take, every breath you take, do it once, breathe in and out. That came from God. That came from God. When he withdraws his spirit from you, 
When it is that appointed time for you, then you die. You die. But if you're a Christian, you go on to eternity to be with him. So don't think for one minute that it's your time. That it's your time. We got y'all, we, we have got to recognize this. We have got to start applying this to our lives. It's God's time. And we should use God's time wisely, 24-7. But you say, well, well, what about my job? Yes, you got to work. That was part of the fall and that we had to do, by the sweat of our brow, right? But while you're at your job, everything, God says, in all things, glorify him. Use your job to glorify God while you're working. It'll make your job a whole lot better. It show what you say. Well, well, what about my wife? I got to spend time with my wife. Yes, you do. That's what God calls us to do in Ephesians, right? He, he calls us to lay down our lives for, just as he did the church. But through that, we got to do it in a godly way. When you put God first and you focus on God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this from my own personal experience. That's what saved, that's what saved our marriage. Jesus Christ being first and foremost. Jesus Christ will help you through anything. It's not my responsibility, right? That's the next thing we want to say. That's the next big one. Preacher, you the preacher. It's your job to preach to people. It ain't me. God ain't called me to preach. Yes, he has. It may not be on a stage, but he does. He calls us. He calls us to be a disciple. If you're a disciple of him, you are a follower, a follower of him. He didn't say some of you go and make disciples. He said, go and make disciples. It's not an option. We got to start sucking that in, breathing in that breath that he's given us and accept that, accept that responsibility. There's 53, if you don't believe that one, if, if one, you know, if just one, if just one verse ain't good enough, there's 53 more in the Bible that talks about this very thing of going and making disciples, evangelizing. If you are saved, you'll do it. See, that's just it. All these things that we talked about, are, they're, a by, they're a byproduct of Christianity. They're a byproduct of what we do when the Spirit gets in us. If you're not evangelizing, You're lukewarm. If you're a Christian, you know, you, you've lost your way. And yeah, like I said earlier, we, we all doubt from time to time. But if it's a constant flow, if it's something that you're shying from, if it's something that you're refusing to do, you really need to check your heart. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You need to, you need to get with some folks. You need to be in your connect groups talking about this and sharing and opening up in the community. Acts 1, 8 and 9 says... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things and they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of the sight. This is when Jesus was ascending back to heaven. This was the last thing that Jesus said. What did he say to do? He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is basically what Jesus is telling them is witness where you're at. That's where they were. Start there. Start in your homes, guys. 
Ladies, start with the people closest to you, who you're, who you're living with. That's what he's saying here. Start here. When they got the message, when you have proclaimed and showed them the message. Now, you can't save them. That's all Jesus. But it's our job to proclaim and lead them to Christ. Lead them to Christ. We start what's closest to us, then we start working out. What I'm, I love what's going on here at Connection. Started in Statesboro. It's moved out to Vidalia. It's moved to Millen. And now it's going to Dublin. Wherever God tells us to go next, we're going to go and we're going to go faithfully. That's what he's talking about. Also, Honduras, we've been there. Romania, heading to Guatemala, probably the Dominican Republic. We are not going to stand still here at Connection. We're going to go out. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to evangelize the folks. We're going to show them the love of Christ, and we're going to do it with an obedient heart, a loving heart, not because we love him, but because he first loved us, which allows us to love him, which allows us to love each other, which allows us to go to those folks and say, hey, you're my brother. You're my brother. Some say they don't know how to start a conversation about the Lord. One of the simplest ways is very simple. Just ask them, how do you feel about God? Or do you believe in God? That's a good way to get it, get it started. And what do you mean you don't know how to start a conversation with God? If you're a Christian, oh boy, you don't know how to start a conversation with God? About God? He saved you, didn't he? He gave his life for you. People, we got to be able to share. We got to pray against that oppression that the devil's putting on you. Because he does. The devil does not want you to evangelize. He doesn't want you to witness. He doesn't want you to give. He doesn't want you to serve. He doesn't want you to do anything. Because he doesn't want anyone else to come to know Christ. He doesn't. As long as he can keep them doing what they're doing, he's in good shape. He feels like, but I'm telling you, he's already been defeated. He's already been defeated. He's going to be put in the pit where he belongs. God will reign. Jesus will reign. That's the way it's going to be. Read Revelation. I know who wins. We're going to be a part of that winning team. Here's a good one. I don't evangelize because they're going to ask me something that I can't answer. Well, guess what? It happens to me all the time. Y'all, it does. It does. There's so much I don't know about God's word. There's so much. There's so much. I can only know what God allows me to know when I read it and when I search it. But he promises if we search it that he will reveal to us. Does he not? Does he not? I know he's revealed a lot more in the last few years than what, 26 years of me running from him. I know he has that. Um, so don't worry about that. Hey, God's going to give you the answer. He'll give you the words to speak. He will. And sometimes those words are, I don't know. Sometimes God sets that up so you can grow in your own walk as a Christian. And also, if they're interested, they'll give you time. They'll give you time to find the answer. It ain't got to be in 30 seconds, but set up a time. Grab, we all got the cell phones. Get the number. Find out. What their answer is. If you're having trouble, see a pastor. See your people, your connect group leaders. See Christians that are more mature, that are further along in, in your walk right now. 
than you are. And ask and find and search. Hey, Google ain't too bad either. It really isn't. Be careful on some of them though. Um, listen, when, when we search those answers, it, help us, it helps us to become better disciples and it helps us make disciples, right? Another one's fear, why we don't evangelize. I'm scared. I've been scared too. I'll be honest with y'all. Sometimes I can be wherever I'm at, whether it's a ball game in the mall. I mean, I don't go to the mall, but I don't know. Dairy Queen. I mean, wherever I'm at though, I know that God has told me someone be walking by and I feel that twinge. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. You feel that twinge, God wants you to God wants you to tell them something. God wants you to reveal something to them. Get that big lump in your throat. And you let them walk by and you... Ooh, I've been there. I've been there. That's when we got we to gotta pray to the Holy Spirit about that. We, 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 we must be obedient. And, and I know it's tough. Psalm 27 in verse 1 says... Listen, this is so good. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Y'all, we got nothing to be scared of. We got nothing to be scared of. If we evangelize with someone, share with someone, and they take our life, isn't that what we should be willing to do? Christ gave, all, gave his life for us. That's a tough one, I know. But shouldn't we be willing to die for the cause of Christ? Y'all, until, until we are willing to die, we cannot truly live. We cannot truly live. We cannot experience the fullness that Christ wants us to have while we're here on this earth. Some will say, uh, well, I can't because of the bad things I've done. You know, think that you, you got to be a certain standard. You got to be a certain standard. That's not true, y'all. If, if, if that was true, there's no way God would let me get on this stage. I've done more wrong and more sins and messed up. Not only my life, but many others. But God reached down and God reached down and redeemed me from that. He brought me out of that pit. And you know, it's it's people in my life that have done that, when, like I told y'all, if you've ever been here before, I, I, I know I've shared it, but when I was 17, I felt I was called into ministry. But there were some things in my life that I wasn't ready to give up. There were some things I wanted to experience. And I ran for God. I told God he was making a mistake, that he didn't want me, that he didn't want me. And that led me down 26 years, a path of destruction. Drugs, alcohol, abusive behaviors, I mean, you name it, I've probably been there. I've probably been there. But God changed all that. And it's, I remember when I was in high school, I, I was real active in the church. And, and uh, one form of evangelizing that, that a couple in our church did was their home every Friday and Saturday night. Every Friday and Saturday night was open to us youth at the church. That's what they did. That's what they felt their calling to evangelize to us. They wanted to provide us a safe place, a safe home to come to 
just hang out and be ourselves in a Christian-like manner instead of having to go out on the town and stuff like that. And many of us spent many and many a weekend there. We did. When I started running from God and running what his calling was on my life, I saw this lady one day in town. And she told me, she said, Bo, I'm going to tell you something. She said, when you fully submit to Christ, he's going to use you to do some great things for his kingdom. I didn't want to hear that. But it stuck. That seed was planted. That seed was planted. Many years later, and many, many people, I think back now, after everything that happened to me, when I asked God to please change me because I couldn't change myself, I think about the many men that God had put in my life to plant seeds. One in particular, his name is John Paul Johnson, lives up in Emanuel County. John Paul lived a lifestyle much like I did. John Paul, we came to find out, John Paul found Christ. Instant transformation. The Holy Spirit came upon him. John Paul's a new creature. And he started living his life for Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, John Paul's daughter was getting married. And I went to the party, you know, the engagement party. And we were at a place, and it was a, it was a big room, and there were, there were windows, and you could just see in it. And John Paul was outside. And me just being, you know, going to be the nice guy, I just went out, had my beer. I was throwing them down. Went out and saw John Paul. He's standing by a little fire pit. And I said, you know, John Paul, this is you know, a great party, great party. I'm, I'm sure your, your daughter and, and, uh, and her husband and her fiance, when they get married, they're just going to be happy. It's going to be great. He just stopped me and he looked at me. He said, Bo, can you see everybody in there? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I can. The windows are clean, John Paul. Yeah, I can see everybody in there. And he said, Bo, I'm going to tell you something. He said, everybody in that room is searching for something. But he said, Bo, they're not going to find it in that beer and that liquor. That's all he said. That's all he said. That seed was planted. That seed was planted in me. God uses them. He uses people. Three or four years later is when everything happened to me. And the first regulations I had, it started making sense then. They planted the seeds. God germinated them. God germinated them. Some would say, I, I don't know how to witness one of the simplest ways is just, just to tell other people how you were saved and what Christ is, some things that Christ has done for you in your life. Isn't, isn't that easy? I mean, if I was at the beach and I was on a surfboard and I fell off that surfboard and got caught in a riptide and the lifeguard come out there and grabbed me and brought me, to, don't y'all think I would tell everybody? How about what Jesus has done for you in your life? Jesus brought you out of the pit of hell. He, he stopped you from going there on your own accord. That's where you were headed. Praise him. Praise his name, the Lord Jesus, and tell somebody what he's done. You may never know. You may never think you make a difference in somebody's life. The saving is, is up to Jesus and up to that individual. That's that personal relationship. But you can plant those seeds. We can plant those seeds and you can walk with them. You can walk with them through the process. So, Bo, you've been, you've been talking to us, you've been, you've been saying all this stuff, you've kind of been getting on to us. So, so, so what's the plan? What's the plan? What, what's the, how, how do we evangelize? <clears throat> First and foremost, I'm going to tell you this. Work on your relationship with Christ. No matter how good you think that relationship is, we always, we always, always should be becoming closer to Christ. 
Christ is already close with us. It's us. That's that sanctification word I was talking about earlier. We want to work on that. That means sanctification means becoming more Christ-like, not just applying it to our lives. Pray for God to put someone in your life that you can lead to him. Pray for that. Have you ever prayed that? Church, have we ever prayed that? Have we ever prayed, God, put somebody in my life that I can ask and tell about Jesus? How can we do that? You can bring them to church. That's one way of evangelism. Bring them to hear the word. If you're a little shy, you're a little scared, you haven't got there yet, okay. Bring somebody here because they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bring them to church. Just think about this, y'all. Think about it. If everybody, 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 everybody in this room this week goes out, y'all, everybody knows somebody's not saved. Don't say you don't. Ask them to come to church. Boy, would that, would, how about our comfort level then? How would we be? If we filled this place up, if you had to give up your seat and go stand out in the hallway so someone could hear the word, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, a lot of times people complain about how cold it gets in there. Well, let's fill this place out. Let's fill it up. Let's fill it up. Let's all go to praising Jesus, glorifying his name, getting it all hot up in here. Hope I have to open up the doors and just love Jesus. Why not? Why not? Why? No, we need to do this. We need to bust these doors open with people coming in because y'all, they're not busting in on their own. They're not busting in all. It says in God's word, it's, it's in Romans, it's, it's chapter 10, it's uh, verses, I think, 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. When it, when it, I'm paraphrasing here when it talks about how, how they gonna know? How, how they gonna hear the word unless we preach it? How, how's it gonna be preached to unless, unless people are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel? You know how I thought about that? My youngin came to church today and forgot his shoes, but he did. But really, and what that means, the context of that verse is, is listen, back then, if you, they walked everywhere they went. Unless every now and then they get on a donkey or a camel or something like that. But most of the time they was walking and they had sandals, so everything was opened up. Well, y'all, there's a lot of animals in the villages and stuff like that, so you can imagine what the feet look like, but God's saying that's beautiful. That's beautiful because feet meant movement, action. Things are going on. That's the kind of church we gotta be, y'all. That's what we gotta do. That's what we gotta do. That's what we gotta do in our lives. That's what we gotta do. We need to pray for boldness. I touched on this earlier. Boldness gives you the courage to risk ridicule and endure the scorn. Listen, it is promised, it's promised you're gonna get ridiculed if you share the gospel with someone. Look at Jesus' life. Look what they did to him. He wasn't even welcome in his own hometown, right? Got ran, healed a demon when he stepped off the boat when they was coming across, wherever they was coming across. I know it was water because he was on the boat, right? See, I don't know everything about the Bible, but I do know this. When he stepped off, a demon-possessed man came to him. I think it's in Luke, chapter nine, I think. I think, and uh, so he came to him. You know, he was hanging out in the catacombs, hanging out, with the, and, and Jesus healed him. Jesus healed him. Sent the demons, well, what are you going to do with it? Well, he, he put them in the pigs, and they all, all the pigs ran off, ran into the water and drowned. Well, the herdsmen who was looking after that, those pigs, their livelihood, they run and tell everybody in the town. Run and tell everybody in the town. What do they do? They tell them, you got to go. You've messed with our livelihood. 
But yet here's this demon-possessed man that they had chained up. He'd been breaking. That's how powerful those demons were in his life. God called them out. And God can call the sin and everything out in your life too. Will you give it to him? That's what I'm asking you this morning. Will you give it to him? Will you give it to him and be obedient to his command? To his command. Search the scriptures and learn more about Jesus' example and how he ministered to us and who. Who did, who did Jesus said he didn't come to be served, he came to serve. That's what we need to do also. A lot of times that's what we want to do. We want to come in and it's all for us. It's all for us. It's all for those that don't know him, y'all. I learned when Jesus changed my life. He did change me. He restored my marriage. And I've come to see both my boys come to know Christ. What more could a daddy want? What more could a father want? When that happened, the realization really hit me that my salvation wasn't just for me. It was to be shared. It was to be shared with everybody that doesn't know. Because when you don't know, that's a bad place to be. When you don't know Jesus Christ, that's a bad place to be. I've been there. I've been there. So, y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. God's good. What a difference we can make in this world if everybody would just do what Christ says. We say that all the time. When are you going to let it hit home? When are you going to ask God, God, really let that stick? Living in this world ain't easy. And the reason it's not easy because we're, we're not meant to be here. We're meant for something so much more. It started out perfect in Genesis and we all know the fall and what happened, and this is how it is now, but Jesus came and gave his life for us so that we will have that, and he wants us to have the blessings here on this earth, and he wants us to share with people, and he wants us to grow closer to him, and he wants to involve us in his plans and all his many blessings, all the treasures that he can give, all the healing that he can do, all the restoring, I want to challenge you to invite someone next week. Let this be a beginning. I want to challenge you also. A lot of you have never given your testimony. Try doing that. I won't recommend this. I know for me, when I write something down, I'm more likely to get it done. I, I'm a spaz. I mean, I'm a way out there, ADD. Used to be ADHD, but daddy beat the H out of me. So... But write it down. Type, type it out. We all got the computers or text it out or whatever. Work on just a two or three minute because, you know, a lot of times when you, when you try to share with someone, you know, they're, they're, it's new to this. It's foreign to them. Just 
give them a little dose. So write your testimony out, something that they can read in two or three minutes. Also have you one maybe a 10 or 15 minutes for someone, you, you, a lost person that's your friend. And then also have, have you all the way, all the way, everything you think of of what Jesus has done to you. I guarantee you'll never get done writing that one. Never will, never will. He was, he was wooing you before you even knew it. He was there, that prevenient grace, he was there. But I encourage you to do that and I encourage you to print it out and I encourage you to hand it to someone. Say, hey, this is what God's done in my life. I just wanna ask you, would you read it? Pass it on. Watch those seeds be planted. Watch them be grown. There's many ways to evangelize. There he is, and, and, and it seems like churches want to argue about what's the most effective way and all that. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's Bible tracts. People, people talk about that, that that's, that's useless. That's how my wife came to know Christ, sitting under a pecan tree, read a Bible tract. God's power is way more powerful than what our opinions is of things, I can tell you that. He can, he can, work, he can work in mighty ways. I suggest so make it simple. You know, you ain't got to know everything in here, but, it, but if you've been saved, you know what the gospel is. You know what God did in your life. You know, he died on that cross to save you from your sins. He did. When you can talk to someone, the simplest, I think we can make it as if, if you can help someone see that they're a sinner, if you can just help someone see that they're a sinner and also help them see that Jesus Christ is a Savior. That's when you're going to see it's just primed up and that's when God works and that's when another name is written in the book of life in heaven. Only God can do it. Only God can do to save it. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to me except through the Father. Not Buddha, not Mohammed, not these wiki stones, not all this other stuff, not through self-centeredness, not through any amount of good works you can do is going to get you to heaven. Evangelism ain't going to get you to heaven. Evangelism just shows your obedience. So I want to ask because my heart is this, and it's the heart of this church. We want to see people grow in a relationship with Christ. Has God spoken to anyone this morning? Is God revealed to you that yes, you're a sinner and yes, he loves you and yes, he wants you to spend eternity with him. Every one of us, that's what he wants for us. It may be tough, maybe butterflies in the stomach. You may be like some of these with the evangelism, just scared, just scared. You want to. Oh boy, that hand wants to go up. Heartbeat, boop, 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 you want to. I remember when it all happened to me. But would you be bold this morning 
And I'll tell you why. Not so we can write down a number, but we want to help you take your next step. We want to celebrate with you because the angels in heaven will be singing praises to God when it happens. We want to pray with you. We want to help you take that next step on your, on, on your terms, on your terms, when, it, when it's your time. We want to help you grow. But is there anybody this morning that knows that today's the day that they want to give their life to Jesus? Okay. Then for the rest of us. Praise God, brother. Praise Jesus. Give Jesus praise. Give Jesus all the glory. All the glory. Another one's come home. Another one has come home. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen, bro. Anybody else? Anybody's hand come unbound? Somebody else? Now the rest of us, I'm going to ask you, how's your witnessing? How's your evangelizing? How's your serving? How's your generosity? How's that all going? Let's focus right now on the evangelism. Have you been sharing with anyone else? I'm going to challenge you to do that. I'm going to challenge y'all, let's feel, let's feel connection up. Not only next week, but from here on out. That's what our mission is. That's what our vision is. And that we want to be obedient to that. But is there something in your life, maybe that you, uh, you need to come up to the altar by. You need to come up, there's, there's, you know, you won't help with it. Maybe it's the fear. Maybe you're scared, maybe you're afraid. Maybe you don't know how. Maybe you, maybe you haven't been in the Word. Maybe you haven't been searching. Whatever it is that's keeping you from being what God's commanded and what God wants you to be through evangelism, through sharing, come lay it down. Come lay it down. If, if you need someone to pray for you, just if you come, just, just raise your hand or, or, or just lay it up on the stage here. We, we, we got a prayer team. We'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. And if not, just right where you're sitting right now, I'm going to ask you just to, just to take a look at your heart. Have you given all your heart, soul, and mind to it? And are you treating your neighbor like yourself? Examine that in your heart. Ask God to reveal whatever he'll reveal to you. As Chase plays, I'm going to give you a few moments and then, then I'll close this in prayer and we can get out of here. Thank y'all for being here this morning. It wasn't by accident. Jesus loves you. I love you. Point in my life where I wouldn't have said that. But I can honestly say I love each and every one of you here. And I hope God continues to reveal in your lives, his purposes for you. If there's anything that I can do to help you with that next step, anybody here at Connection, please don't hesitate to let us know. Let's bow our heads.